0: God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. TV's right here? Yeah, what's that?
1: These just came in the mail. These are my keys. To what? To my house and my car that I lost at the airport flying on Christmas Day in the, the great Southwest... Uh, southwest gate debacle
0: so how many weeks did that take to get to you
1: i just can't believe it worked because first of all don't don't lose your keys it was horrible my is at the airport no way to get into it had to have a key guy come out it was expensive by the way when i realized i realized i had lost my keys pretty quick so i'm immediately at the airport in dallas at the airport in birmingham trying to talk to somebody may as well have been talking to aliens on another planet and right. The confidence that these keys, that I would ever see them again, dwindled to 0%. So they finally give me the runaround to like a, a very corporate website, file an official, like, describe your keys, file, file a, a missing whatever. And I'm like, well, they're gone. Three, four, five days ago, I get an email. Bing! Something that fits the description of your missing item has come up. Just confirm this address and we'll send it to you. Nice. And I'm like, what? Put the address in, confirm it, and today, my keys showed up. No explanation. Don't know where they were. Don't know how they got lost. Don't know who found them. But I'm holding them now, and it feels like a... I'm choosing to interpret it as a positive omen for what the day has in store.
0: Nice. Sounds like the day's looking up for you, buddy. Yeah,
1: it does, doesn't it? How about you? How's your day looking?
0: My day is... I had a wonderful day a couple days ago. Well I I just saw you a week ago in Florida. Right. We were at the Songwriters 38 Songwriters Festival, which was fun. Really fun to see you, but I don't I don't feel like we got to spend enough time together. Well, because I got sick as a dog after oh, that first night. I saw you Thursday night. Yeah. at the party and then that night I just got really sick and then so for the rest of the weekend I was just hold up. Hold up like a rapper. I was hold up. Did you play your shows? I played my shows. I I had a sh- I had two shows. The first show I had was at Central Square Records. And I get in there and I had brought this alternative guitar, a steel string guitar. And I get on stage and plug it in. Nothing. Now, the place is sold out, packed. All these people are sitting there watching me. I don't have a sound guy. It's just me up there on stage plugging it in. Oh, it's not working. Let's change the battery. So now I'm up there trying to get a battery out of my guitar, looking like a real piece of shit. <laughs> not what you would call pro-performance situation. So I'm taking the battery out, trying that. That's not working. Nothing's working this one guy's like, hey, let me go. I got a guitar. It's, I'm 10 minutes away by bike. I'm like, that's 20 <laughs> minutes, dude. I'm on stage right now. I need a guitar right now. Anyways, that guy takes off, never to be seen again, but I did see him again. <laughs> and uh it like literally 15 minutes later, we've tried three different batteries, five different chords. Oh, at one point I get off stage get a battery out of my thing. And then as I'm coming back up on stage, it's about a two foot step onto the stage and just the front of my sneaker catches the stage. And I do a straight up, I've fallen I can't get up life alert face plant in front of all these people like straight down and I'm holding something. So I can't, so I just go straight down face first In front of all these people and they're just like what's up with this old man now i'm also sick so i'm feeling decrepit and old and uncool and this i haven't said a word into the mic yet and these people are here to see the biz schniz, profiz on stage anyways 15 minutes later i'm finally like let's just Try to get a mic on the guitar, point a mic at it, and try to do it that way. Was there not a, like a sound guy at the venue that could oh, help? Oh, there was a sound guy. There was I'm a, telling you, the the the
1: sound situation at that whole festival is pretty rare. Well,
0: here's how many sound guys they have there normally in that whole community. One. Yeah. And here's how many people are performing at a time. 50. So they have right. to come up with like 50 people who don't know how to do sound to just pretend to be sound men. Yeah. So, literally, I'm 15 minutes of all this face planting, looking like a dick, like just, and every once in a while trying to say something on the mic that's funny and nobody's laughing. No, no one laughed at much in general at that festival. Very serious music. music. Very serious there. people. I'll get into that in a second. So then, at the last minute, I'm like, you know what? Let me just try to plug in one more time. <laughs> just to and, try it and it worked and oh my god yeah it fucking just worked ghost in the machine classic and then it worked every time after that it never didn't work it just didn't work that one time
1: so what you described which i i just have so much empathy for all of that the it won't work you're troubleshooting no one's really being helpful you're having to kind of figure it out the crowd is watching you i've been there i've done it uh even the to the point of kind of falling or tripping on stage i've done it so i i just um i feel that how did you did you overcome it were you able to overcome it with your great songs your wit your charm yeah because people don't know this about musicians but sometimes sequence of events like that before you perform you may play the show, but sometimes you don't really recover from that mentally until several hours later.
0: Well, I will say this. The crowd was wonderful. They were there to see me. Like, yeah. they had waited in line. You couldn't get in. There were there were people downstairs in the bookstore listening in the bookstore who couldn't even see me like that's how Adam. So they, these were hardcore fans. I will say this. It's been three years since I've been to that festival. I don't know if it's the live streams. I don't know if it's the Patreon, whatever it is, the, the amount of passion that these people have now for what I do or coming to see me, it's different. It feels different. Like they're just more into it. You know what I mean? It's not like, I don't know. So they they were, they were happy that it started working. And then once I got going, everything was fine. And I was the last act at Central Square Records. So I didn't have to like stop. At 45 minutes, which would have given me like you know a 30 minute set, so I got to play for 45 minutes, which I was supposed to play, so that worked out great. Then that night, I played at this place called Havana Beach Club. The problem with 30A Songwriters Festival is a lot of these venues are not real venues, right? They're like restaurants and the restaurants, stores. yeah, yeah. So, this was like a restaurant, bar, restaurant sort of place. So they got all these tables. So they just kind of push one of the tables out of the way, set up a little riser in the corner. And now that's your stage. And then where people are seating are like booths. Yeah. With tables. It's just not cool. Like it just, it looks bad. It feels weird. Um, Again, there's a lot of people that was sold out, you know, so people really wanted to be there. But then what I noticed there, because Central Square Records They were laughing, having a good time. But at the Savannah Beach place, I did look into the audience and saw what I do believe was a, it was, I don't know. It was definitely a bunch of resting bitch face motherfuckers in that audience. (laughs) Like they were just like, what you, yo, what do you got boy vibe? And kind of like this weird, rich, entitled, southern, it sounds weird. Of course, it's mostly in my head, because everybody I met was super nice, and everybody was super cool.
1: I think, so, yeah, I mean, we we picked up on that too. We had a similar vibe. And I think what it is, they're just really there to listen to music, and they're, they really care about like songs. Right, and I but, think we're so used to not that. In, in that way. And uh, they're I think they're they're really into it. They just are really polite and listening.
0: They're very into it. They're listening, but they also, yeah, they don't like a lot of my humor is like meta humor. It's like, I'm gonna talk about something that's kind of silly and inane. And the reason it's funny is because we all know that what I'm saying is silly and inane. But if you don't know that what I'm saying is silly and inane and you're just taking it verbatim or for face value that shit's not funny yeah so i was just getting like this cold response to some of the silly stuff that i normally say that people you know normally find silly and fun so that kind of fucked me up now also on the second show my voice starts giving out so that was weird as well and i did this song i've been doing this song murder lately you know that song
1: oh yeah one of my favorites and uh I started a lot, doing a it, lot of maniacal laughter.
0: A lot of one. maniacal laughter. I started doing it at Halloween this year solo, with, but I'd never done it solo. I've always done it with the band, and I I realized it really works solo, and it kind of showcases what I can do with my voice. I can do a lot of different voices and stuff, and and so and people like it, but it's a lot. <laughs> like if you don't know who I am, and I'm playing that song, they're like, "Is this guy an insane?" lunatic murderer? They don't know. Did you play murder at 30 38? So I played murder about halfway through my set. And when I was done with that, that cold turned to a real chill almost. <laughs> Whereas like if it's my crowd and they know, they kind of know my personality and know who I am, then, I, then they can go, oh, this is just another sort of facet of what this guy does. And I, I think these people are just like, oh, I think this guy's a murderer. So we don't. They didn't know what to do with that. Now I will say this: that wasn't everybody. I think most of the people that were there probably got it and loved it. And I talked to some great people after the show. Got some really good feedback. And I did get some. What's going? Who you know? Who are you from? Some. I'm going to say older, rich ladies. Some old and drunk. Some older, drunk, rich ladies get a weird sense of entitlement thing where they're like. Hey, we're gonna be funny and I don't know. It's like they don't understand that the good times should be in the rear view. The good times aren't tonight <laughs> or in the future for them. The good times are long past. And they haven't gotten the memo. Yeah, they didn't get
1: the message. They're going, the they're times. doing they're
0: getting a lot of work done. You know, their faces, they kind of look like monsters to me. <laughs> To them and their friends, they kind of look at each other and they're kind of mirroring each other. And so they don't think they look like monsters. They're like, I look fine because my friend over here and this other friend, they look like me. So we're all fine. But if you're not in that where you're getting work done and then you just come across these people, they just look like monsters, like aliens who've taken human form, but they didn't quite get it right. They don't look young and they don't look hot.
1: They're like approximating people.
0: They're approximating people. They're approximating what they think, like cool they, they're approximating. Also, their behavior is approximating what they think somebody who's like a. They think of me as like some kind of rock star, and so they're trying to pretend to be all like hip and cool and jaunty and stuff. And I'm like, look, ladies, we're all old adults here. Let's just act like old adults and quit with the bullshit. I'm not a rock star. You're not a hot young bitch. You've had a lot of work done. <laughs> you're old. The bad, the good, bad. T- only bad times from here on out for you. So let's just not pretend that anything good is going to happen to any of us. And let's just have a sober conversation about being old people who are going to die soon. But they don't want to do that. They want to like blah, 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 blah. I wonder why they don't want to do that. I don't know. Why would they ever? I don't know why they don't want to do it, but they don't. And then I try to be, I pretend to be okay with it. And if there's nothing I've learned in my old age more than pure patience, I don't know what I've learned. So... I'm, t- I'm just being patient. And uh, and then I got to meet some really fun uh, Derek. God damn it. David Berkeley. I got to meet him. Okay. Um, he was the guy. Remember, I was asking you, like, do you know who that guy is over there? I at the I, party? At the party. I think I asked you that. Yeah. Anyways, I kept asking, who is that guy over there? And then anyways, I finally met him and he was David Berkeley. He looks like he's in an Old West movie, but it turns out, he was doing some sort of old West movie thing. And that's why it was, that's why he looked that way. He had a, you know, like one of those tombstone mustaches.
1: Yeah. A Florentine mustache that curls.
0: Yeah. You have to be a certain, you have to, you have to be skinny, I think, to wear that kind of mustache. You have to be skinny and maybe have like a big hat. Yeah. You have to have a tattoo that's either on your neck or your hands. Yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. A scarf. I, um, I was really glad I got to see you at that party. I mean, you know,
1: hanging out with you was the only reason I went to that party. But then I, I did get to see my friend Mindy Smith. I got to talk to Charlie Marr. I got to see my buddies, which Steve Poltz is there. But after I said hello to everybody, I skedaddled. I got out of there. And I spent most of the weekend. Not, I didn't go to a single show other than mine. And I just stayed in my hotel room and ate healthy choice microwavable lunches and watched basketball.
0: I mean, I was looking forward to getting out and having breakfast with you, Steve Poltz, Charlie Mars. I reconnected with David Ryan Harris, who was at my show at Havana, and we traded numbers, and we were going to get together the next day with Chris Stills, Stephen Stills' kid and a songwriter, real talented guy. I, so I was looking forward to doing all that, and I ended up doing nothing. Because I was just coughing and my throat was burning, and I was just like drinking tea and chicken noodle soup, trying to trying to get to these shows. I will say this: I had one more show on Saturday at this place called Kaliza. Did you guys play there? No. That's the best place I've played. The entire I've played at Thirty A, maybe seven or eight years. It's the best place I've played. It was an outdoor venue, all seated. Like, in a tent, it was great. Like, and I killed it. Like, I had a great show. People were laughing. I will say this. The first joke I, I told, I, I said the joke and nobody laughed. Great feeling. And then it was some joke, like, about us being old. And then I said, it's because we're old. And then I, they got a little, there was a little titter. And then I'm like, okay, I'll be explaining all my jokes from here on out. And then they laughed. And then once they laughed once, they were laughing the whole time. It's really, that's the key. You got to get them laughing just once so they know, oh, I can laugh.
1: Yeah, they got to like almost give themselves permission to bring that kind of energy to the
0: show. Once they know that you kind of want them to, then it's game on. So that show was great. And again, my only regret for any of it was that I didn't get to, because it's the one time I get to see like you and Pulse and Charlie and all these other people that I like. Um, So I didn't get to do that. And then, dude, I'm telling you, I was so fucking sick. And it's a week later and I'm still like not recovered. It's a weird, I'm sure you've heard about this upper respiratory thing that people have. That's what I got. So it's a week later and I'm still, it's still in, in me, but I feel much, much better. Like it's, I feel like I could wake up tomorrow and be fine, but I probably won't from everybody I've talked to. It takes weeks for this stuff to clear, but so the next day I have to fucking fly out of there. Now, Sunday I'm coughing every minute. Like, loud, long, hacking, hawking coughs every minute. Mm, Delicious. Now I got to get on a plane with people. And I've been on a plane. I was on a plane two two months ago with somebody who was, like, sweating, blowing their nose, coughing, and I was like, I was so angry at them. And I'm like, oh, I'm about to be that guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyways, I knew I wasn't contagious at that point, so that was the only thing that kept me through. I just had a big sweat sweatshirt, and then every once in a while every I would hold my cough for as long as I could, like five, ten minutes, like kind of like holding my breath underwater, like David Blaine, until it got so unbearable, I had to cough, and then I would just cough into this giant sweatshirt, <laughs> and then I would look around and people would just be looking at me like, "I hate you, yeah. One time, I was on a plane with
1: traveling with a band, and the girl singer in the band. We taxied, but they wouldn't let us off the plane. There was some weird mechanical thing, and the the AC wasn't working, and they wouldn't let us off. And she was getting the it was like a lot of turbulence coming down. She was getting sick, and she ended up puking into her jacket. And the you, this is like out of like a movie. The smell of her puke as it made its way to the back of the plane. You just hear. Ah. and then oh, you hear like god. one or two other people throwing up. oh god uh it was like that pie eating contest and stand by me hey i want to thank a couple of new patrons real quick i want to thank matt harsock and doug holm for jumping on the ride with us supporting the show thank you guys and i wanted to read an email from johnny b truant who says his subject is a recommendation and a question gentlemen i have a movie i think you'll dig vengeance it's BJ Novak but not really comedy. You talked about how living in the moment's become a lost art. Everyone now recording everything in a desperate attempt to hold on to the past. Clint said things need to just be allowed to die. That's one of the things this wonderful
0: little movie's about. Have you heard of this BJ Novak film? I have, yeah. Did you see it? I didn't see it yet. It's on HBO or something like that because um my ex-wife saw it and they were like, "Yeah, it's okay." Okay. He says
1: he'd also recommend Denis Villeneuve's Enemy, which we've both seen Enemy. We've actually talked about the movie Enemy a lot on this podcast, I feel like. He says, I agree with Bob and not Clint that Dune is amazing. But like Bob, I already love the book. Dune was beautiful fan service. Enemy is a quiet puzzle movie among my top five. He, okay, here's so here's a question. this is I'm interested in this with you. He says, I also wanted to ask you both. Do you like being recognized in public or do you hate it? I saw Bob walking through the St. Louis airport a few months ago and wanted to say hi, but thought doing so might be
0: annoying. Dude, I love being recognized because I'm never recognized. I love hearing that somebody recognized me in the St. Louis airport, but that would have made my day actually because I'm not Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood doesn't want to get recognized because he gets recognized every second of every day and it gets annoying. But when you're me and you're at the St. Louis airport and you're like, "What have I done with my life? Why am I even here?" And then somebody's like, "Hey, man, I really like your music." You're like, "Oh, I guess it's finally paying off."
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's real nice for people to recognize you and appreciate what you're doing. The problem is, and we, we call it in the biz, we call them punishers. Um, now I'm sure Johnny B. Truant ain't no punisher, but sometimes you meet these people and. They want to say hi to you. They like what you do, but they don't know how to, they don't know how to get in and get out because getting in and getting out is pretty crucial in those moments. Right. And sometimes you'll get someone that wants to do the the very long stop and chat. And that can be tough
0: sometimes. Well, what I've done is I've become the pun That's one way to do it. So when people come up and talk to me, get ready for a long chat,
1: <laughs> son. He ends his email by saying, lastly, Bob, I wanted to let you know that I go to your shows on a semi-regular basis because they always make me happy. I'm seldom happier than when I'm at a Bob show, and I'm already a pretty happy person. I thought you should know that what you do matters, bringing happiness to a world that badly needs it. I'll be front and center at Saxon on January 30th. Can't wait for more of that be schnitty good time. This is a nice email.
0: Sure is. Come up and say hi. I'll be there right after the show, hanging out in front of the venue.
1: I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Lynn Gaddis, who was at 38. She came to one of my shows. I think she was just stopping by to say hi because she was going to see your show. Um, But I wanted to say hi to her. It was really nice to see her there.
0: Lynn has taken the number one spot as the number one fan. He used to be Rochelle Hatch, who came to all the shows. But Lynn has now come to more shows than Rochelle, so... Wow. Lynn's the number one stunner. She she drives from Houston every Monday to the Saxon Pub.
1: Man, that is so sweet. She's so sweet.
0: She's a nice lady. You've got some sweet fans, man. Yeah, I I really do. I, I like I said, it's it's ramped up, like, and there's like more. There's definitely more of them now. And again, I don't know what that is. I think it's being online. I'm gonna 2023 is going to be the year where I really ramp up my visibility online and make it a little bit more like it's kind of hard to know what I do live. If you go online, there's a bunch of videos of songs that aren't good that don't really there. And there's a few live things too, live performances, but even that doesn't quite capture it. So I'm just going to spend a lot more time this year, uh, Doing what we're doing now, you know, just kind of talking and chatting and 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 playing songs and making that available for people to find. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. What happened with your art show? Did you do your art show? So I was supposed to do an art show last night, and it got canceled because I t- I was talking to the owner. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm not totally sure if I'm going to be able to make." This was like on Wednesday. If I'm going to be able to make it. On Thursday, because I'm, I was really coughing a lot on Wednesday. It turns out Thursday, I woke up and I, I felt a lot better. I would have probably gone to the art opening, but in the meantime, by Wednesday night, he had him and his wife had both both tested positive for COVID. So he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna postpone it for a week." So it's next Friday, or this Friday if you're listening to the podcast on Monday. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, someone had written in um, Michael Azevedo. And uh, he was concerned because we missed a week because we were traveling. He says, uh, no podcast this week, and Bob's art show got postponed. Color me concerned. Happy to report that it's all good. It's all good. Every once in a while, even Santa is going to miss a house or two. Karen Kling Bright, who's a patron, said that she was looking forward to hearing the recap of my, mine and Isabel's childless Christmas getaway. Um, we had a great time. We flew to Dallas the day before Christmas Eve, got a hotel downtown. On Christmas Eve, we went to a Dallas Cowboys game at the AT&T Stadium. In How Washington. was
0: that?
1: I mean, we had one of the last seats. You know, we were like up by the ceiling, yeah, and it was amazing. Beautiful facility, beautiful stadium. Mm-hmm. The game was super fun, and it was just really fun to be there. I mean, there was like eighty thousand people there.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. I had the opposite feeling. What do you mean? I just got there and I was just like. First of all, I will say this. When I went, my ear was fucked up. So it was almost like listening to everything through a transistor radio. So, And it's uh, loud in there. It people is loud. People screaming. But I was just like, these people are so dumb. They're all dressed in their pajamas. They all have their like cowboy's pajamas on. They're drinking their Big Gulps and their nacho cheese fries. Everybody looked dumb and stupid and childlike to me. <laughs> and, then I, and then it was like, oh, this was what it was. <laughs> Back in gladiator times, like this, the same crowd that's here was back in the gladiator times, watching people get tortured and maimed and killed and like, oh, look at that guy's arm getting ripped off. How cool is that? Give me some more. (laughs) Give me another chicken leg, bitch. And I'm like, these are the same folks. And so, I don't know. It just really rubbed me the wrong way. I love football and I love watching it the way God intended to on your couch in front of a beautiful giant TV. I
1: hear you. I get it. Um, there was definitely what you described. I saw, yes, but it was just fun. It was just fun. And then the 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 real—I mean—that was just like a bonus treat. We just we bought those tickets last minute. We were like, should we go to this Dallas game?
0: Yeah, because you're a basketball man.
1: What well, we were there to do, which was what we did on Christmas Day, was go see Luca and go see the Mavericks play. Um, and it was it. There's a really famous basketball player named Dirk Nowitzki who won like the only championship with Dallas in 2011. We got there early because there wasn't anything going on on Christmas Day, and they had done this big, like, st- they made a big statue that they put in front of the arena. And he came out and gave us, sp- like, the-, the whole team, including Luca, just walked right by us. I shook Dirk Nowinski's hand. Wow. So that was charged up. They were playing the Lakers, who i like to see lose, but it was, like, really thrilling to see LeBron. So, oh, he had- was there? LeBron? Yeah, LeBron. They- LeBron played. Wow. Got to see Luca and our uh our booking agency with Morgan hooked us up with really good we bought tickets so they were like nosebleeds and our booking agency got us like really great tickets so it was just a i mean other than missing my family on a big day like christmas but it really was like one of one of my favorite christmases and then of course the next day we flew home and stayed you know with my family for another week or whatever so anyway that's how it went it was a really great time we had great dinners
0: well that's great that's really cool actually
1: yeah it was fun I feel like every every couple of years or every five years you should do something kind of selfish like that
0: yeah for sure well I'm glad you had a good time that's that sounds really cool i mean I, I don't even like basketball and that sounds like a really cool like i would i it's something there's something amazing about seeing one of the greatest basketball players of all time play
1: it really did feel like that it felt kind of like a a privilege it was like it, it was just fun it was just a fun time yeah um we need to skedaddle this is a uh, time flies when you're having a good time and we were having a great time but we are going to continue this conversation including more murky things that we can't say here in the secret weekly if you want to join us in the secret weekly all you got to do is slippity slide into that patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash i-o-k go see us on tour go check out our other podcasts
0: yeah and for a non-spanish i mean for a non-english speaking uh Fans who I think we do have a lot of non English speaking podcast listeners. I think most of them actually. Uh, We're going to go into El Secret (laughs) Weeklyo. So join us there. (laughs) Adios, amigos.